If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Hello there. So we started the show today talking about the province's crackdown on short-term yeah, rentals in Airbnb, right? And I spoke to an Airbnb operator in Victoria. She owns a small, she described it as a micro-loft condo in Victoria. She, she was running it as an Airbnb, not her principal residence, right? This, is, this was going to be some income mm-hmm. uh, uh, revenue for her in retirement. And now the government's pulled the rug out from under her. She's very upset. She's trying to sell the place. She can't sell it. You know, do you have any, like, do, the government has no sympathy for, re, EB made it clear. They're not, they're not, they don't no, have any sympathy for real well, estate yet. investors. No. Right? Um, but, you know, it's interesting. The BC United offered an amendment to the bill uh, uh, saying people should have, can have one property, one yeah. investment property. Yeah. So is is the 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 bogeyman here the person with ten or twelve of these properties, and that's like a company, or is it just the retiree who invested in this as retirement income? And so this woman you had on, she lives in the Janion building, yes, here in Victoria, which is basically oh, she doesn't live there. She, she doesn't live there. She yeah. she owns she owns, a, owns the, the property. Place there, yeah. So the Janion is like a hundred and twenty years old heritage building that was redeveloped uh, into these, from my understanding. Almost all tiny postage stamp um, units. Yes, that are almost all um, Airbnbs or short-term rentals. Yeah. It's hard to see how. Well, certainly the, a family couldn't live there long-term. They're very small units, not designed for long-term living. So again, I'm still waiting to see the regulations. Are there going to be exemptions yeah. for certain situations? Um, are, is there going to be any grandfathering? Yeah. clauses for yeah. people who, in this woman's situation, bought some time ago as a purely investment income. In uh, good faith, income. following all the good rules. faith, follow yeah. the rules. Yeah. So we'll see if there's an investment. We'll see if the government blinks. I mean, they, this is a pretty all-consuming, heavy-hand housing approach yes. from the government, which you can argue was needed because we have a housing crisis. Yeah. But it's going to start, um, I think, uh, roiling the waters. You've already got some mayors. You've had Eric Woodward on from Langley uh, who are upset about this uh, government overreach into the municipal uh, powers. You're seeing the federal government also step into housing. And they're going to be, you see Pierre Poliev is threatening municipalities if they don't start building housing along some targets that he wants. And and I'll tell you right now, the odds are very good that Pierre Poliev is going to form the government. Yeah. And if he follows through on this, so you've got municipalities uh, are staring at a, two barrels of a gun here. One is from Victoria. The other one's coming going to come from Ottawa. Yeah. And you put those, combine them together, and it's going to remind the municipalities at the end of the day, they are the junior level of government. They're the third tier. They do not have the power that the provincial and federal governments have. Okay, let's listen to the official opposition critic here. Now, this is BC United MLA Corinne Kirkpatrick. And like you just described, Keith, she's saying, look, let people have one investment property on the side, okay? Just one. Have a listen. The top 10% are those who are institutional investors, and they're running multiple units as a business. But there are 90% that are not caught there. They are 
families who are, you know, they, they may own one other um, property, and this is to supplement retirement income. Well, I'd like to know how many people fall into that category versus the current use percentages, but I'd like to know what, what number fits the woman you uh, had on this morning. Yeah. Like how many individuals fall into that as opposed to how many of these companies exist yeah. or how many units are controlled by companies. Yeah. And it strikes me if, if, if there's a relatively tiny number of people who fall into this woman's category, maybe that's one of the regulation exemptions. Who knows? Yeah, although, you know, EB made it quite clear. We're not the government of real estate investors. No. You know, I think the NDP, like we discussed before, I think they of, like the politics well, of this. Well, there's a bit of a class war going on here, yeah. right? I mean, they love to be the, the party of the tenants versus the party of the landlords um, and certainly not the party of the developers. Yes. And it's interesting, Kevin Falcon, leader of the United Constantly reminds people he's from a he's a developer, which I'm not sure works politically for him. <laughs> but you can see the NDP are going to be playing that card over and over again. That they're the party of the developers and the and the real estate investors. Why would Why would Kevin Falcon want to remind voters that he was a former real estate he developer? That, he does that in the legislature <laughs> all the time to to sort of play this. I've got experience in the business community. I understand right? housing. I understand housing. I understand yeah. business, and you don't. Which yeah. uh, it sounds like an argument from the. From the Socrates used to own use against the NDP, you couldn't run a peanut stand. Yeah, you know, sort of. I don't know. Wears a little thin after a while. Okay. Speaking of municipalities getting their backs up here against this, uh, the hammer coming down from the David E. B. government, right? So we've got the provincial government saying that you better start building more housing. You better kick it up by like thirty percent more housing, or if you don't. We're going to do it for you. We will step in and we will rezone your neighborhoods for you. Now, have a listen to Jim Abram here, former president of the Union of BC Municipalities. He was on the show earlier this week, very angry about this. He says the province is going too far. Have a listen. You can force a municipality under this new plan, but who's going to build it? It doesn't matter if they allow it. They're not giving you the money to build it. Yeah, so he says it's it's not going to work anyway. At least well, that's what he says. Yeah, I mean, where I think municipalities get their backs up, so there's a multi-front um, offensive here from the government. One is on short-term rentals, which I oh. think affects relatively small number of people. The other one is building housing near rapid transit, which seems to be getting fairly positive reviews because around SkyTrain stations anyways, there's there's new development. But it's the zoning um powers that the government wants to enact over municipalities that's going to get councils and mayors backs up because some of these councils and and Eric Woodward's been on about how they've been working for a few years on a plan to densify and along certain lines and suddenly the government changes the rules and said no that that plan doesn't work well that's probably going to be an issue in a number of councils so I think that's the biggest political problem potentially for the government it's not short-term rentals it's not the building around rapid transit it's not even the amenities that they're allowing municipalities to to charge on developers um, it's the zoning change the other one and this comes up in various fashion is this ongoing issue of parking yeah not yeah. having any parking yeah. tied to some of these developments, yeah. which fits. You had John Russett on with, about EVs. Yeah. Uh, this all this this whole issue of EVs, parking, charging stations, all this is coming together as sort of this undercurrent under the housing situation. Because you've got municipalities, Victoria here, they're going to build a number of thirty-story towers in downtown Victoria without any parking. Mm. Where is everybody going to park? 
Or are they going to basically be told you can you can live here, but you can't have a car? Right. So the whole car issue and parking issue is sort of this side issue with housing that that is percolating under the surface. Yeah. And it, it, okay, just to get back briefly to the fight between the province and municipalities on this power grab, if you want to call it that. Ravi Kalon, the BC housing minister, mm-hmm. he heard that interview I did with Jim Abram, criticizing the power grab. And he wanted to come on with equal time. So he will be on the show tomorrow. So just give a little heads up to the listeners. You'll get the other side mm-hmm. of this thing tomorrow. Okay, let's quickly discuss the anti-hate measures from the B.C. government yesterday. You'll, this is Global News reporter Kristen Robinson. You'll also hear Premier David Eby here. These acts of hate are completely unacceptable. No one should live in fear because of who they are. No one should be targeted because of a result of what's happening in the Middle East. The province announcing a new anti-hate community support fund for groups impacted by hate, including vandalism. While planning to finally roll out the racist incident helpline by next spring, three years after it was first promised. I would have liked to have seen this much sooner, uh, but uh, we are moving forward with it uh, quickly. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was interesting, David Eby. One of the things he said yesterday, <clears throat> I think rings true, is that the fact we even need this is very troubling. Yeah. We've actually come to the point where not only is there a fund, $10,000 for groups, and we're talking cultural centers, places of worship. This is primarily like aimed at uh, anti-Semitism and the backlash that we're seeing? Uh, Anti-Semitism, but there was some, remember the, at the beginning of the pandemic, we had these um, anti-Asian. Very tra- anti-Asian attacks. Yeah. Uh, there's been some anti-Muslim attacks. Uh, yeah. There is a, a rising wave of anti-Semitism for sure. Um, but so there's a, a, a community fund now, ten thousand up to ten thousand dollars for these organizations and cultural centers, places of worship, uh, to use to get rid of graffiti, for example, graf- offensive graffiti. There's also wow. this uh, anti-hate um, incident report line, yeah. where you can phone in and report incidents of, of hate-related activities and attacks, and it's not to be used as a as a legal weapon where the police are involved it's to allow the collection of data to collect um, information relating to all these and sort of pinpoint where is this happening why is it happening and then to vote allocate the resources to combat these types of uh, these types of crimes yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Yeah. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Yeah, phone lines are open right now. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. Richard in Vancouver. Hi, Richard. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Uh, about um, Mr. Eby's uh, overreach and the municipal politics and stuff like that, um, I think the difference between Paul Yet and Eby uh, on this 
is that uh, Paulette is using carrots in terms of funding for infrastructure and all that, and Mr. Eby is using a two-by-four on uh, municipal councils and all that. I think that also, you know, I, I kind of resent it as a Canadian where I'm not allowed, I'm allowed to buy Gold Corp and all these stocks in my own country, but I'm not allowed to even invest in real estate in my own country. And I find that reprehensible, and it's part of this. Well, allowed, well, well, hang on. You're allowed to invest in real estate, but you just wouldn't be allowed to rent it out in a short-term rental. Well, yeah, for the average person, though, it makes it really hard. In Vancouver, I got nailed for empty homes tax for basically renting out to a friend, right? But I mean, there's a lot of regulations well, were, on the average rent, person. If, if you, you really want to go after somebody, go after numbered companies and corporations and offshore investments. But if you were renting it out to a friend, why would they hit you with an empty home tax if the if the home wasn't well, not empty? I gave him checks and copies of everything, of all the checks I got from him. Uh, he gave me his driver's license, his voting uh, you The problem with the empty home tax in Vancouver, how it was structured under the past government, is that the city becomes judge, jury, and executioner. You know, you don't have any independent appeal process to the process, right? Okay. Okay, thank you for the call. Oh, yeah, sounds like you got squeezed there. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you can't. I mean, part of this legislation is you to um, get away from people investing in real estate to make money on short-term rentals. That's at the heart of this whole thing. The other thing I wonder about is, okay, so this guy's saying, well, EB's taken a two-by-four to these municipalities, and that's bad. But, again, I wonder if the NDP actually kind of like the politics of this, that they like the image of EB saying, I'm going to force housing. We need housing, and I'm going to make sure it gets built. Yeah. Isn't that what they, the message they want? Developers aren't the most sympathetic constituency out there for voters yeah. um, or landlords that own multi you know multi buildings it's not a constituency that plays to the ndp now, the caller also mentioned carrots there were there are some carrots I mean, this is what that amenities bill is about is giving the municipalities the power to levy put levies on developers for all sorts of costs there's not a lot of, there's no numbers in this bill there's again waiting for the regulations how much money but that's a funding mechanism given to municipalities okay for the yeah. first time yeah let's go to mike and langley hi mike go ahead Hey guys, uh, so funny thing, like the last caller uh, was his buddy paying him a hundred bucks a month in rent, and that's why he got nailed. Like it actually probably has to be some reasonable amount. I mean, I don't know, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm I'm shocked by how sh- how um, how weak Kevin Falcon's coming across with this. Uh, just let them have one thing. I mean, in my mind, you've got like hawks and doves, and Eb's playing hawk here, and I, it's it's amazing if he reneges a little bit. And let's one like that just opens the floodgates to all kind of loopholes that can be exploited. You know, oh, I'm mean, yeah. playing firm here. I'm just shocked by by Falcons. Just it's so weak to see, and I don't know. It just blows my mind. Um, well, the other I thing think, is that you don't. Yeah, well, I was thanks, say, You don't get a guaranteed. Re, you don't get a guaranteed re, re investment. That's just what's so funny about this. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, well, so the, the United Caucus voted against the bill, the, the main the main bill of short term rentals, uh, but they did move some amendments. Yeah. So, which meant they supported the bill if it could be amended to yeah. include some of the things that we're looking for. One of the the ones, a big sticking point, was this ability to own one unit. Yeah. But again, uh, that's been shot down. You'll have Ravi Kalan on tomorrow, and he'll explain exactly the rationale why that's not going to open. But again, when you peel it all back, I don't think we're talking about a lot of people here who own an investment property. Well, that's why the NDP likes the politics yeah, exactly. of this, isn't it? You know, there's, yeah. there's a you know more several million voters in this province and yeah. a very 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 few own investment properties. yeah let's go to david and cam loops hi david go ahead 
Did we lose him? We lost him. Jeff in Surrey. Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. Hello there. Yes. Um, so they came up with a great idea about developing in the Shaughnessy, Shaughnessy area, transport-friendly, bus-friendly, all that kind of stuff. Yet City Hall shut it down so quickly. I've never seen a vote go through like that. I mean, City Hall can really move when they want to. Yeah, almost- yeah. So th- thank, thank you for that. We're just running out of time. This was the uh, the motion by Christine Boyle at Vancouver City Council to densify Shaughnessy. Oh, yes. Let's allow more more building in, in Shaughnessy, <laughs> and it got voted down. Now the other side of this is people are saying, well, there, there's all, you're already allowed to densify in Shaughnessy. So well, I mean, Shaughnessy- there, are, there are a lot of heritage designations old- in Shaughnessy to Shaughnessy protect is those. A unique old neighborhood with big mansions and huge lots. Yeah, there was a great piece in the I think it was Vancouver Sun just a few days ago about how it's basically empty. Yeah. There's not a lot of people living there.